Hello and welcome to Falter Ego episode 37. What a beautiful, uh, what a beautiful day uh, that you can't see. I mean, it's a beautiful day now. Who knows what it's like when you're listening to this. Um, but it's a beautiful sunny day outside. Perfect day to be inside recording a podcast. Uh, um, I wanted to talk about ego and climate change. I think possibly we've touched on this uh, ten, well, sort of briefly in other areas, but um, it's uh, it really is again. It's like the umbrella bad guy, isn't it? That uh, is kind of behind all the subsidiary bad guys, the old ego. Um, there's lots of very obvious ways that ego affects climate change. I mean. There's just the general impulse to look after ourselves um, over and above anything else. And so the self becomes more important than, than the whole. Uh, it's very hard to put something that's bigger than us or even allow anything to be bigger than us. You know, we like to go, well, you know, my life is, I'm wrapped up in my life at the moment and that's the most important thing. It's harder to, to see beyond the sort of the, the, uh, the perimeter of your own skin uh, to something bigger and more important. It's also not nice to think there are things more important than you. <laughs> it's quite annoying. So, well, I'm not the, the centre of the universe. Um, you know, the sort of Copernican revolution only seemed to work in a planetary sense, didn't sort of, we still think we are the centre of the universe uh, otherwise. But, you know, in in... In, one, in wanting to look after ourselves, the ego intersects with various forces in different ways, such as materialism. So we want the bigger thing. We want the shiny thing. We want the new thing. Um, come Christmas time, we don't ask. It's very rare to say to people, can you wrap up things that I already have? <laughs> and just, I'll just open them and reappreciate them. Um, that's actually not a bad idea. I just thought about then. That's actually a really good idea. Just re revaluing, reappreciating. What about a reappreciating Christmas? It's very, it's very rare at Christmas time. Nobody says, "What would you like for Christmas?" Well, you know those, um, you know that book that I've I love, and I've read it twice. I'd like to read it a third time. Can you wrap it up for me? And I'll just open it and go, "Ooh." Um, we ask for new stuff. And unless some sort of miracle happens, most of what you ask for has come at a cost, an environmental cost. Um, so wanting things, because we like to please ourselves. There's the pleasure principle. We want to sort of feel good. It's nice to feel good because the person, when you, <laughs> when you feel pleasure, the person that feels it is you. So it feels good to you. So it's it's hard to resist that. And it's hard to deny yourself pleasure for the sake of some abstract greater good. Um, this is the problem, right? It's the, the ego and selfishness is something we feel viscerally every day. It's very hard to feel a cause as viscerally as, as we do the, the sense of uh, the need to pl please ourselves, you know? Lower CO2 combat global warming how do i feel that it's hard to get a sense of it beyond what we read in newspapers and it feels quite abstract it doesn't feel so abstract at certain times of year uh, like in 2020 with the bushfires in australia when the air is orange you go oh that's climate change <laughs> right okay maybe we should do something but you know 2020 it's gone you know 
Did everyone stop flying? No, it took COVID to do that. As soon as COVID's over, it's like, oh, flights are now back to pre-2020 or almost back to 2020 levels. It's like, have we learned nothing? Um, again, it's the ego. I want to go on holiday. It's hard to put something um, above yourself. But the ego, and and I mean, the, the tricky thing with materialism is the ego kind of gets its claws into that in so many different ways. One, there's just the, the fact that it is nice to buy yourself things and please yourself. It's not, it's quite hard to attain a sense of contentment um, where you go, where you just meditate and go, well, I'm just happy. Um, but it also comes, there's, there's the social currency of, of kind of social comparison. So, you know, if somebody else has something better than you, you feel, you know, that's a talking point, isn't it? Oh, I've got a new thingy. And people gather around that person and go, oh, can we have a look at the thing? Oh, it's a new thing. And you're standing outside the group with your lack of new thing. Do you want to see my old thingy? No, old thing is old news. This person's got a new thingy. And so you feel left out. And again, so there's a an impulse there to stand out, to have attention drawn to oneself because, again, it feels good. Because obviously from a, uh, an evolutionary perspective and evolution forms a huge part of our psychology, uh, individual or group, in that, you know, if uh, people are praising you, uh our genes program that to feel good. We like the attention, or most of us do, because if you're the caveman, uh, cave person, that is getting all the attention, chances are you're going to have uh, lots of kids and pass your genes on. If you're the cave person that everyone's ignoring, um, then you're just going to die. Because <laughs> where's, um, where's Brog? don't know well he's dead then isn't he it's fucking minus 37 out there you know it's it's <laughs> if you forget that'd be quite an easy time to live actually in terms of like where's so and so well unless they're physically in front of you they're probably they're probably dead um only the people in front, immediately in front of me uh, are alive um there's dinosaurs and shit out there no it's not dinosaurs what am i talking about saber-toothed tigers god i just i would not know how did they even tackle that? I'm just going to go and visit Auntie Crack. <laughs> I like how they're talking in English, but the name's a cave person language. I'm just going to go and visit Auntie Crack. She's just over on the other side of the creek, right? Just watch out for the saber tooth tigers. Fucking shit it. Like, just, no, I'm just not going to visit her. She doesn't get a Christmas card this year. What's Christmas? Fuck. Um, so when people, when, you know, so you, I mean, ego drives us to buy things because we want the people to look at us with the new thing. Cause if we've got the new thing, maybe that's a sign of success. Maybe we're on the up and up, you know, it's very rare that we celebrate someone who's, who's getting less and less. Jeff down the streets lost his pants. He's lost his trousers and he hasn't replaced them. Great, let's go and we should invite him to a party. You know, you just don't, people who are losing things, generally speaking, you don't kind of go fucking yes, that's who we need to be hanging around. It's always the person who's got the new thing. He's got a Tesla. Oh, he's got a new, you know, new watch. Let's bring him over. 
Um, it's a talking point. It draws attention to yourself and your genes to kick in and you think I'm going to pass my genes on. So there's those two factors. There's the, the fact that it feels good to buy yourself new things or food or whatever anyway, like yummy, yummy, whatever treats, um, the latest designer shoes and you feel like you look cool. There's also the social comparison aspect. Um, and so these two things just drive us to consume. We consume and consume. Uh, it's very hard to resist. It's very hard to deny ourselves. Uh, and again, from an evolutionary perspective, it doesn't make much sense to deny ourselves pleasure or deny ourselves, you know, things. Um, because, because kind of, you know, be, be living some sort of ascetic lifestyle back in the day would likely, you know, contribute to starvation or, you know, you don't like to, to, to live through a sense of lack. Because again, certain genes kick in and go, That's, this isn't right. I haven't had pudding for six days. Like, what's going on? I need to, you know, you need to be constantly sating yourself because that's the sign of that everything's going well and your body kind of relaxes a bit. But this is the interesting thing is we're, we're past the point of individual survival now. And again, this, this is another sort of problem uh, that ego contributes is that uh, we do need to be looking at the bigger picture, which is a new thing, relatively speaking, in, in the terms of, you know, uh, uh, how long time has been going for. It's been going for a long time. Time has. Um, we need to be looking at the bigger picture. It, it, the, the cave person did not need to consider their actions in the broader context of what ripple effect or domino effect their actions had on the planet around them. Because yeah, there was just an abundance of you just kill the things and eat the things and most likely there'll be more things next year, you know. Don't kill the things and their kids. Let the kids grow to have kids. And make sure the chicken has chicken babies and then you know, don't make things extinct. But, you know, as broadly speaking, you could live how you wanted. Uh, not that I'm not... Maybe cave people didn't want to live that way. <laughs> Wish I had a house. But do you know what I mean? There was, there was no need to restrict what was considered normal at the time. Uh, and you could look after yourself. And it's a new era where we need, we cannot consider ourselves first. We cannot make ourselves the center of the universe. I want a new iPhone. I want a new phone. I want a new computer. Oh, my old computer doesn't have enough RAM, so I'm going to buy an even faster one to play the latest games. Maybe you just have to do without the latest games. You know, maybe we need to do without stuff. Um, it's time to start doing without. It's time to stop this rampant consumerism, materialism. Um, and, and, and ego is a huge part of it. Yes, we can blame corporations. Well, they shouldn't be fucking making all the thing and they should be more environmentally friendly. Yeah. I mean, yes. I, I'm, I'm very, um, I, os I oscillate from day to day on how much I believe this is a corporate, the, 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 uh, the need to tackle climate change lies with 
ginormous corporations and government bodies versus individual responsibility. I know a lot of people hate the individual responsibility argument because it lets the corporations off the hook. But at the same time, um, I don't see corporations changing unless individuals change their behavior. I mean, the only, the only reason there's a load of like quote unquote, not that I, I use this word as a pejorative, but you know, quote unquote woke brands who care about the environment and blah, blah, blah is because it makes them money. I mean, the, the, the easiest that they're not doing, they're not doing it out of the goodness of their hearts. They certainly wouldn't do it if it cost them money. I mean, if you want to know whether a, a co- whether corporations are changing their values based on some sort of public pressure versus they just know that's where the consumers are, just look at their behavior when the the consumer behavior wasn't there. Which which company went out on a limb and sacrificed profits for the sake of protecting the planet? None of them. There are there are companies now, you know, so. The fact that they're changing their tune and there's green this and eco and carbon neutral that, it's because they know the customers care about it. And they know that if a customer has a choice between a carbon neutral, um, I don't know, carbon neutral um, fucking tel- t- t- telco, like a mobile phone company, and one that isn't, they'll, they'll probably go for the carbon neutral one. But it, it only it, only because it makes the company's money, not because they those are the company's values by and large. Companies don't care about that stuff. They're a company. It doesn't doesn't exist. It doesn't have a moral compass. It all it has is a profit motive. Um, but I I oscillate between you know yeah who's what's going to happen but. I, you know, there's a lot weak. It, it is, a, unfortunately, it is kind of down to us because I, I don't, you know, bowling for Columbine didn't end guns in America. You know, Super Size Me didn't, wasn't the death knell for McDonald's. As far as I can see, McDonald's is doing really well. Um, you know, these things, these, these, these things just won't change. Um, unless we change our behavior first and then they'll go, oh, there's money there. All right, well, now we'll do it. You know, I mean, look at look at Coca-Cola when, I mean, I can't remember the specifics, but it was, wasn't was like you know, draining, draining the water from the land to fuel its, it takes like how many liters of water to produce one liter of Coke, you know. Those draining the, the water from the land from like farmers and stuff and all the crops were dying and farmers were killing themselves, you know, um, didn't see Coca-Cola going, Oh, yeah, we should stop that. If you can make money for it, most, most companies will just do whatever. If it's more cost effective to pollute than not, then they'll pollute. And if they cop fines again, you know, the lists, the pages and pages of, you know, company names that we could go through of companies where it's like, well, you're dumping toxins or whatever into this river, so here's a fine. And then they weigh up and you're breaking the law, so here's a fine for breaking the law. 
I was like, well, we can either start obeying the law, which means we'll have to implement all these systems and processes to become environmentally friendly, which will cost us fucking millions of dollars, or we can pay the fines, which is cheaper. It's cheaper to break the law and pay the fine than it is to do the right thing, right? So that's, that's companies, that's corporations. It's, they're not, they don't care about the environment. They care about the environment now because we do. So again, I, I understand that our impact is minimal compared to that. You know, our footprint is minimal compared to a, to a Coca-Cola or a whoever. But they're not going to change unless they get the sense that those are our values. So it is a, it kind of the individual affects, you know, the micro affects the macro, and maybe it's maybe it's wrong to see it as an as an either or sort of situation. It's not about individual responsibility. It's about corporations. Well, but maybe it is about corporations. Therefore, as individuals, we need to change our behavior so that the company's head where they think the money is. And now a quick word from Falter Ego sponsor. Affirmative. It is a smart and very productive choice. All right, then I suppose. AI robot overlords now comes with the capacity to read your mind and control your thoughts. But we do need to, we do need to, yeah, experience lack and just buy a bit less and do a bit less. But ego makes it hard not to do that. Um, we love, <laughs> we love to go... We love to do things that are in, intrinsically nonsensical if we think it makes us look good. NFTs. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Again, hugely environmentally unfriendly NFTs and blockchain and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, the, the, when, when that's where the craze is, everyone just flocks there. I just find it amazing that like, there, you know, a picture of, and not even a good one, of some ape that looks stoned is worth, what, like, what was it, like $10 million or something? $10 million, not even to own, to have the only copy in existence. Anyone can just copy and paste it. You just own the URL or whatever, the key chain, block fucking whatever to say, well, it's my image, but 
obviously anyone can see it. 10 million or whatever. I mean, for I reckon for $2 million, fucking stoned ape, I reckon for $2 million, I could hire an ex-Navy SEAL and charter a plane and that Navy SEAL could halo jump out of the plane into foreign, onto foreign soil undetected by sovereign radar, whatever, into a jungle and kidnap an actual ape and deliver it to me. And on the flight over here, ply it with drugs so that by the time it gets, by the time it gets here, it is, is an, it's an, it's actually a stoned ape, right? But if I tried to sell that to people, <laughs> which it's worth, it's worthless, isn't it? Probably because of the massive affront to various animal rights and stuff and the fact that it's illegal. But I could get you an actual, a real stoned ape for two and a half million dollars. And apparently that's fucking worthless. No one would buy it off me. I'd be a huge, I'd be a massive deficit. <laughs> Sunk of two and a half million dollars creating this thing. It's actually stoned. Look at it. It's got, laughs at stuff. It's got red eyes. So, and it's a real ape. And this, it's one of a kind. And you can't copy and paste it. That is a real stoned ape I've made. But is it worth 10? No, it's not worth 10 million. It's worth nothing. And now I'm in prison. 10 million for a fucking picture of a fucking monkey that anyone can look at. It's just silly. But again, we all flock there. So, I mean, there's the ego in action, isn't it? Just that is the ego to a T. Just a bit of digital, digital peacock feathers, aren't they? Look at me. And this is, and but getting getting to digital peacock feathers, that is also another way ego affects climate changes because, and again, it's hard, it's hard to pass reality um, from perception. But, you know, and the online space we should not take as being indicative of the entirety of humanity because not everyone's on there. In fact, there's, a, there's probably a minority of people who are on social media. The real people are actually not on there by and large My, myself broadly uh included um but we like the the problem with, with climate change is it can become commodified as a form of digital peacock feathers um and rather than trying to make a difference we just like to appear to be making a difference which is a different thing um we like to tweet and make videos and whatnot about climate change. Um, and the problem is, of course, I mean, this, this study's been done about, you know, how effective can you, can you change someone's mind on social media? And by and large, it seems that if you encounter political views that are on the other side of the spectrum to yourself, um, encountering those views just further calcifies your opinion and entrenches you in what you already believe. So the content you put out about climate change, it's either titillating the already converted and getting them to nod in agreement, um, or the people who don't believe you makes them believe the wrong thing even more. Um, 
So it's tricky. You know, we, we talk about climate change, we tweet about climate change, and we like to profess to want to do something about climate change, but it's, it's just, you know, just put the phone down and go and do something then and do something quietly. This is the problem with ego is everything has to be broadcast for brownie points. Um, for, and, and you're making very little difference. You're just communicating to this feverish online conversation in the hope of fitting in. Um, when we should be just get, getting out and doing something. You know, I'd much rather, you know, my, my dad, for example, you know, in, in the process of eulogizing him, it's incredible to see the number of people who came forward. Oh, hi there, I'm from such and such a charity and, you know, your father helped me out for free when blah, 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 and I'm from this charity and I'm from this charity. Um, just all these sort of people that, you know, he knew very well and they knew him very well. But no, I, I just thought, you know, my dad's a lawyer. Um, but, you know, he used those skills to, to impact his local area as much as he could. You know, helping all these, you know, charities and stuff. Um, and it's like that, that's impact. That's actually, that's, that's doing, that that's changing things for the better but you have to you have to just get in the trenches and actually physically do something rather than um writing a rant and then screen capping it on instagram so you have to swipe five times to read the whole thing here's 10 things you need to what the government isn't telling us about climate change. I don't. Okay. But what did you do today? Stop. Everyone stop communicating at each other in the hope of like being, oh, I'm, I'm the boss of climate change. Get out and do, just do things. <laughs> I'd much rather the planet, if I'd much rather the planet were populated with a a billion of my dad, you know, pe people who quietly do good and never speak of it and actually change, you know, 100 square kilometres around them. So by the, by the time they leave, a patch of earth is better than what it was when you found it. You know, I'd rather have six people at my funeral go, he made a huge difference than... A billion, you know, a million people sharing my thing, which is making no difference at all. Um, again, it's just like, it's just using global catastrophes and the news cycle as a resource, as a resource that we mine to generate online popularity. How can I make the news about me? How can I deliver the news so that? I'm the one who's saying the news things. And it's just like, ah, you don't care. Just do things. Just fucking, there's, near where I live, there's like a community volunteer group that fixes like green areas, you know, plant new trees and shit. And I'm, I'm joining. I'm just going to give up my free time and go plant fucking trees on a Saturday once a month. <laughs> and I'm never going to tweet about it. And I'm never going to talk about it. And I just, just do the things. 
right? This, but this is just this awful con, uh, conflation of like talking about an issue is equivocal is, is equivalent to caring about it or doing something. It's like that Monty Python bit in the uh, Life of Brian, where most of it's just conversation about what they're going to do right now what do we how do we how do we save brian well first we're gonna do this and then can i get a second hand vote can i get a second vote on that right so we do this then we rescue brian it's like a committee meeting but it's but a committee meeting it's that vignette in the life of brian multiplied by you know a factor of like, you know, 400 million times bigger. It's like, you know, a million, a billion people will just go, right, climate change is bad. Here's the, here's 10 things you need to know about climate change. I know, I know, I know everything about climate. I don't need to know more about it. The fucking air's orange, you fuckwit. <laughs> stop, stop thinking that being an aggregator of facts is, is a contribution or Tweeting your anger. I'm disgusted that Labour haven't done... Uh, go and plant a fucking tree. That's that's infinitely better than your tweet. This is the problem, again, is just because of ego, we just think we have to like get our little moment in the spotlight, don't we? I would much rather... You die unknown and have made a real impact than die fucking famous having made no impact. Because at least in the because the fur in the first scenario, the world's gonna get incrementally better. Day day on day. Day in, day out, it's gonna get better. If we all just make my dad made a huge difference in a very small patch of earth. And he gave his time for free to good causes. Um, and so the world in that little pocket of England, you know, if they, if we, if you could just map out England, go, right, you've got this patch, make it better. And then divide that, the, the square, the, the, uh, the surface area of, England, of the UK by that amount. It's like, right. So we need 9,000 good people. Like I'd just, we can each each just be in charge of a, our neighbourhood, or, or you know, just and make it better, and act with, try and act through the principles of right livelihood. You know, don't earn money by doing shit things, which also includes, by the way, earning money pretending to do good things that does nothing. Um. Right livelihood, right speech, right view. And just just be content. <laughs> you don't you don't need a, a pat on the back for doing good. You certainly don't deserve a pat on the back for talking about wishing you could do good. Just do it. Because for for as long as the, the, the only people who benefit, I mean, it comes full circle. The only people who benefit from all of us yapping away online about how we pine for the fucking dolphins or whatever 
<laughs> um, well, one, it's you. You benefit because you get your little uh, digital path on the back. But the, the only other people who care, who, the only people who benefit is, is, you know, the Silicon Valley billionaires who we don't need. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk and whoever else is in charge of those apps now. Blue Sky and fucking... What else is there these days? I don't know. Um, I can't even remember the ones I've got. But just don't go, just they benefit from that. Um, they benefit from that. And and meanwhile, nothing changes. So you've made, and you've made rich people who are destroying the environment richer and more powerful. You, at the same time, haven't helped the environment Um because you've just talked about it. Um, you've also harmed the environment by using server data and so forth that also uses the environment. And you've also sort of passively harmed the environment because there's, the, you know, the collective amount of time, if you took all the, all the time you spend, you know, sharing images of, this is a disgrace and blah, blah, blah. And just put it into like an hour of volunteering instead of, instead of dividing an hour up into 60 minutes, 60 individual minutes of 60 tweets, just put it into one act. And the Silicon Valley doesn't have his money. You've done something good. Although I'm afraid apart from the people who physically witness you doing it, there'll be no evidence of it, but, you know, you might, and you might find some community. You might find, you know, you might start making some you know, local friends who are like-minded, forming little communities and groups that actually do things. You make some buddies. You know, it, it's just ego's a fucker. It's a real fucker, um, and that impulse, that desire to just head online and show everyone what you've done when you haven't done anything. That's just sad. Um, you know, here's my medium post about climate change. Here's my video about climate change. Here's my tweet about climate change. It's just all versions of nothing um, for the sake of, you know, I don't know, getting a fucking round of applause you know don't seek the applause seek results <laughs> and actually do things you know um anyway ego and climate change um materialism want less social comparison don't worry about it don't let that goad you into buying the latest things uh christmas get someone to wrap up something you already have i think that's a lovely idea i'm pleased i thought of that um Meditate, realize you're nothing, doesn't matter. And just try and make your little pocket of the world better and, and make smart consumer choices because, yes, ultimately our impact is much smaller than that of organizations and corporations. So, But I think I'm not convinced the delineation between the macro and the micro is as clear cut as either or, you know? And companies will only start doing good when we make better consumer choices. That is individual action, but it 
it is individual action that trickles up to um, people who want to make money off us. So if, if, if we show them that they can only make money by doing good, uh, that might make a positive change. Um, and yeah, don't seek the approval of doing, of talking about caring about things. Care, care is an active word. You can't profess to care about something while doing nothing about it. If you tweet about climate change, never fly again. Otherwise, shut the fuck up. Um, you're tweeting about climate change and you're flying, so you've done two things that are fucked. You've, you've used a server that's churning through carbon dioxide, you've empowered Silicon Valley fuckwits who are sending sending us to an AI fucking future. All of this questioning robs it of its uh, power and makes it easier to resist and uh, makes it easier to do things without expecting anything in return or attention for it. Um, so there you go. But if you want to obviously meditate and all that stuff, then uh, you need to go and read about it because there's ways to do it properly and do it well and there's certain mantras you can say to help foster those uh, feelings of generosity and community-mindedness. I know we like to think we all have these things uh, to call uh, at hand, you know, but uh, no, it takes effort, you know. It takes effort to be good and there's no shame in that. Anyway, I'll leave you there. Um, hope that's been a fun listen and... I'll chat to you in two weeks' time. You can also get worm farms. That's another way to help the environment. Get small ones you can put in your apartment and then uh, your food waste doesn't go to landfill, which generates methane. Uh, it's a greenhouse gas, so stop organic waste going to landfill. Just let the worms eat it up and then, I don't know, give the compost to a community garden or something. Um... Worms are great. There's another thing you can do. See? All right. Thanks very much and chat soon. Bye, y'all.